It's been rainy here lately in Connecticut, which reminds me of Seattle, where I left my heart. But there's nothing like autumn in New England. Driving along the roads with the trees awash with color, backdropped against the stone fences covered in lichen. It's a gorgeous sight and never fails to take my breath away. Something that a lot of us in the autistic community feel strongly about is speaking to children as early as possible about being autistic <laughs> and to not withhold their diagnosis from them, even if it's with good intention. That used to be common practice, or some parents avoided obtaining a diagnosis altogether because they felt it was best for their child due to the ableism present in society. It's interesting, when my twins were only a few months old, my husband's parents came over to visit while he was out of town playing a concert. While they were there, and I can't remember how the subject came up, his mother shared with me that she knew Rob was autistic when he was a child because he was so much like her brother. In fact, her sister has sent an article about autism to her when he was quite young with a note referencing the similarities to both Rob and his uncle. But they never pursued a diagnosis because they felt it was in his best interest not to. And honestly, there wasn't a lot to pursue back in the early 80s. It just wasn't supported. So Rob wasn't diagnosed until he was in college and dealing with a mental health crisis, which is a common tale with autistics diagnosed in adulthood. I mean, think about it. Not receiving the support you need as a child and not understanding why you're struggling can lead to long-term mental health issues. Something similar happened to me as well. It's just that my parents didn't have a clue autism was anywhere near the radar. Like most people of their generation, autism was synonymous with intellectual disability and being institutionalized. Their gifted piano prodigy who stayed up way too late reading books talked to animals, was obsessed with Barbies, and couldn't make friends with other children to save her life because only adults held the intellectual knowledge worthy of stimulating conversation? No, that couldn't be autism. What's the stereotypical autistic girl thing? Horses? I wasn't into those, but I was a little obsessed with unicorns. <clears throat> After Alice was diagnosed in 2019, I went through the gamut of autism parenting faux pas that most people make. I joined all the toxic groups, thought I was an autism mom, etc. I was accused of being abusive because I had her an ABA, even though I didn't see it as abuse at the time. Boy, did that ever change later. And I even refused an AAC evaluation at first. I had so many assumptions and so much internalized ableism that I had to unlearn. Eventually, I started listening to autistics before my own diagnosis. And it wasn't easy. We're not easy to listen to sometimes. I get that. We're hurt and angry and traumatized. It's a lot. But we're spoken over so much. Our voices are raw from screaming into the void. We're tired of being gaslit and controlled, manipulated and dismissed. So please, when you come across a blunt, angry, autistic adult trying desperately to save an autistic child from the pain they've been through, 
keep that in mind. We're trying to save an autistic child from going through the same awful path we've navigated. Even if it looks lovely to an outsider, it can be absolute hell for the person walking it. So one of the things I learned was to begin talking about it to my children early. And I tried with the twins around four years old. It didn't really mean much to them, I don't think. But I still felt I was doing my duty. I just started talking about my own brain and how it's different. I'm open with them about my own needs. I try to set an example, normalize my own disabilities. I can't remember when Frankie started to catch on. I want to say this year sometime, maybe. I'm not sure what Alice's understanding is because she hasn't really responded when I talk about it, but she does listen. The whole level business of the diagnostic process is just absolute garbage. Um, But if it matters to anyone listening, the twins were both given the same level for their autism diagnosis and they couldn't be more different in how they present or their support needs. So it's been a unique situation and perspective for me as a parent educator and advocate. To most people who don't understand autism, Alice is visibly autistic since she cannot mask. Frankie is high masking. Many people would refer to Alice as lower functioning and Frankie is higher functioning. And they'd have to stop that before they'd find my knuckles in their teeth because functioning labels are so harmful and load of absolute horse manure. But Frankie has always treated his twin sister as his equal in ways no one else has. Even I slip up and forget to tell her things that I tell the boys because I communicate with her differently, much as I try to keep everything equal. I remember later and kick myself, remedy the mistake, but I have to be conscious of it as a parent, even though I'm such a staunch advocate. For Frankie, though, he has never treated her differently than anyone else. Sometimes this means being a typical brother, giving her just as hard a time as he does his little brother, but mostly he talks to her and he includes her. Sometimes he includes her in fights over toys. But the thing is, because he's always treated her the same way he treats everyone else, she's so much more likely to speak to him than anyone, including me. He's protective like most brothers. When she was hurt at school, he slept at the foot of her bed for two nights to keep watch over her. When he sees something she likes, he takes it to her. He's incredibly thoughtful, loving, and empathetic. I remember the first time this happened, actually, when they were just toddlers, only 18 months old or so. They had these chew sticks that they used for teething, and Alice was incredibly upset because she didn't have one. I asked her if she wanted her chew, but I couldn't find one. Before I could even get up off the couch to look, Frankie appeared with a chew stick in each hand, giving one to her before he put the other in his own mouth. I started crying on the spot at the beauty of my little boy's heart. He's always been sort of an example for me of how inclusion and acceptance works because it's natural to him. Alice is just his twin sister. And likewise to her, Frankie is just her twin brother. They have a bond like nothing I've ever seen in my life. 
when they started kindergarten in 2021, it was the first time he had some questions about Alice. And I mean, the way the school treated her, it was no wonder. He asked a few things like if she would grow up to be like him (laughs) and said something like, well, maybe when Alice is a grown up, she won't be like this anymore. Which unfortunately at the time I didn't handle well and gave him a lecture because I was giving them to everyone anyway. That all stopped once I started homeschooling and I didn't think about it anymore. We continued to have periodic conversations about what it means to have a different type of brain. We had conversations now and then about why we were homeschooling, why schools in America aren't set up to support kids who are different, why our brains are different, what those differences are. So last week, he suddenly asked me one night, is is Alice really autistic and that's why she has so much anxiety? It came out of left field, so I was totally thrown in so many respects. First of all, Alice doesn't have that much anxiety, or what I would classify as anxiety. Then, of course, was my instant need to eliminate the idea that anyone can be more autistic than someone else. So I said that to to Frankie. I just told him he's autistic too, and being autistic isn't something that is more or less. It just looks different in different people. He seemed to accept that for a minute, but then he said, but what if someone says I'm not autistic? Did someone say that to you? I asked him. I was ready to blame the school, of course. He said, no, but what if they did? Like, what if someone tried to make me not autistic? I didn't give myself a chance to think about what he was saying. I just went on the defense immediately. I said, yeah, well, that's what ABA is, Frankie, and that's what they use in school. It's a type of therapy or teaching to try to make people be, or at least act, not autistic because it makes people very uncomfortable and a lot of people don't like it. They think everyone should be what's called neurotypical or not autistic. He just kind of stared at me trying to process this. Then he asked, do people think I'm not autistic and that's why I don't get what I need? (sighs) I was absolutely freaking out inside because, oh my God, just, (laughs) oh my God, he's seven years old and he can already see he's not being accommodated the way he should be. He's always been the most perceptive old soul, but that blew me away. I said, yeah, Frankie, I think you're right. Most people do not think you're autistic because you act more like most typical people do, but you still need support, especially when it comes to anxiety. He looked unsure. So I said, Frankie, look, You know, I'm autistic and daddy's autistic. There's nothing wrong with it. Look at me and everything I do. That's when he smiled. I said, I write books. I have a podcast. I used to play piano and teach. I take care of you guys. I'm studying to be a psychologist. I tell anyone who gets in my way to go away. And if anyone messes with my kids, you know, they have to deal with mean mama. I couldn't do any of that if I weren't autistic. 
Can you imagine me being anyone other than who I am? He relaxed. No, he said. I thought that was the end of the conversation. But a night or two later, as we were sitting at the dinner table, he busts out with, so is Alice very autistic? Again, I was thrown off guard because I thought we'd been through this, but I hadn't been listening. I narrowed my eyes at him. Is someone saying that to you at school? He shook his head. No. I forced myself to slow down and just listen. Really listen. Because obviously I hadn't answered this the first time. What was he really asking me? I had to remove my own emotions about this. The community's emotions and trauma and even Alice's emotions and just focus for a second on Frankie. It's one of the hardest things to do as a parent when you have more than one child to split yourself up like that. It feels disloyal somehow, but I had to hear his needs apart from anyone else's. Finally, I tried again. Are you asking me why you're both autistic, but so different from each other? He just nodded and said, yeah. <clears throat> I had to breathe through my discomfort and the automatic replies that rose to my throat in the fight against ableism. I thought about what this is like for Frankie and why this is the first time in seven years he's ever asked me this. Of course, I immediately wanted to blame the school because this is the first time he's been somewhere every day, aside from kindergarten, where they're both in the same place and treated differently by the same people. I haven't done a good job of preparing him. I had asked him if people at school were saying this to him, but even if no one is actually saying it with words, they are with their actions. Alice gets one-on-one -on -one support with zero fight because she has elopement. Her communication needs are different and her body moves differently. She has zero ability to mask. And as her mother, I honestly hope she never has to learn because I love who she is, but she can't walk into the school building without support. Frankie is left to flounder because he can mask. He's struggling tremendously in every way, academically, emotionally, mentally. He said it best himself in the first few days of school. He said, this school isn't giving me what I need. Because he can speak and he can mask, the assumption is that anything he needs isn't necessary, but it's a luxury the school can't afford. He's just got to buck up and try harder because he doesn't meet the educational diagnosis of autism since that's the requirement to get his needs met. They don't care about a medical diagnosis. Welcome to America, where nothing makes a lick of sense. He wasn't comparing himself to Alice as being less autistic in terms of superiority. He wondered why he felt so lost and left behind. My mama heart was tied up in knots as I tried to figure out how to answer him. 
being autistic means we process things differently. I told him our environment, information, everything, and we don't process anything the same way. So it looks different for every autistic person. For Alice, she has a harder time processing communication and how to move her body. For you, reading is harder and sounds are difficult, which can trigger more anxiety. I'm like that as well. My brain can't handle a lot of noise. It's truly painful for me. I feel it throughout my whole body and it makes me feel really grumpy. Autistic people are all different from each other, just like typical people are, but no one is less valuable than another. We're all people. We're just different. He thought about that a minute. And then he said, so that's why some people don't like Alice because she's different. Alice was sitting across from me eating her dinner. So I immediately felt defensive and protective, even though there was nothing wrong with his question. I reached across and put my hand on Alice's arm, feeling my entire child entire childhood and adulthood of being different. As I said, she's no more different than any of us, Frankie. We're just different from neurotypical people. And it's hard being different sometimes. Sorry. He said quickly, afraid he'd upset me or said something wrong. No, you didn't say anything wrong. I assured him this is hard and I'm glad you're talking about it. He continued to hide his face and his arms on the table. So I said, you know, you need some autistic friends. I bet that would help. He lifted his head up. I think there are other autistic kids in my class, but I don't know. Like they don't say that, but I think they might be. (laughs) I laughed a little. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of people are, but don't realize it. I kissed the top of his head as I got up from the table Don't ever be afraid of being autistic, Frankie. You're an amazing kid and so much fun. Just be you. I love you. When I sat down in the living room after cleaning up, he came over to ask if I was going to write my books. That's how he puts it. After he went to bed, I said, well, I probably wouldn't be writing that night because I had schoolwork to do. After all, I'm studying to be a psychologist. He asked why, and I said, because I want to change the world. I want to help autistic people feel better. That's why I'm doing this. Sometimes he looks at me with those hazel eyes that are exactly like my father's, and I feel like my soul is being rewritten. Then he said, I want to write books when I grow up. (laughs) I was shocked and pleased by this because he's only ever talked about being an engineer, working in construction, maybe even an architect, but a writer. This is brand new. Really? Yeah. He said, starting to pace the room. I want to write books that make kids laugh. (laughs) I grinned at this and said, I think this is a wonderful idea, Frankie. You'd be great at that. You're so funny. He stopped his pacing and asked me, yeah, but not just girls can write books, right? Boys can write books too. I laughed and said, lots of men are writers. In fact, I just started reading a book written by a man. He resumed his pacing as I added, 
And he's autistic, too. He whipped his head around, his eyes wide with shock. What? Can I see? He came running over to where I was sitting with my phone, so I pulled up the author's Facebook page to show him. See? It even says right there, Pete Warmby, autistic author. My little boy's face absolutely lit up as he drank in this new information. Scroll down, he insisted, wanting to see more. One of Warmby's reels started playing automatically, so I turned the volume up. Frankie listened for a moment, then he asked me, he used to be a teacher? (laughs) Yep, he was a teacher before he started writing books, and now he travels around giving talks about what it's like to be autistic to help people understand, which helps make things better for other autistic people. Frankie continued to watch, and I scrolled some more when the reel finished. Look, he even likes Lego trains and earthquakes, just like you, I told him. His eyes were sparkling. I just found him a role model. Another reel started playing, and Frankie's head turned to the side a bit. Where does he live? I think he lives in England. He thought a minute before asking, So, he's speaking English? Yeah, sounds a little different, huh? You know, I won't argue that there are problems with social media, but this is one of the gifts. Finding people you relate to, you'd never be able to find otherwise. When my mother took me to a psychologist when I was two years old for IQ testing, somehow he missed that I'm autistic, he told her if she put me in a room with 10,000 other children my age, it would take at least that many to find another one like me. And the odds would get even worse as I get older. I have thought about that so many times over the years as I felt like the oddball in every situation I've ever been in. Even when I'm among those who are supposed to be like me, I feel out of place. And I think that's kind of what Frankie's experiencing right now. It's not enough to know we're autistic. We need to understand what that means and that we're all so different and that making our way in society is hard. We need to know that from the start because that's the hardest part of our diagnosis. But in 1980, Al Gore hadn't invented the internet yet. So my mother didn't have the ability to help me socially that I do to help my own kids. Here we are in 2023, and while I can't force friendships for my kid, I can show them that, hey, here's someone who has the same diagnosis, the same interests, and is incredibly comfortable being autistic. I mean, obviously, I've never met the guy, and I'm only halfway through his first book, but I think he might be the first person I've come across who is as happy to be autistic as I am. And that's the thing. Being autistic in and of itself isn't bad. I'm not saying that because I have lower support needs because you haven't seen me walk into an Ikea. Oh my God, what is wrong with that place? Nothing will send me into a meltdown quicker than the inescapable stench of meatballs, the crowds of people who will not move out of the way, the minimalist furniture stacked on top of more furniture and some sort of maximalism funhouse showcase, the noise piercing my eardrums, and every corner I turn has an umlaut staring right at me. I absolutely need a support person to go into an Ikea, but not my husband. 
we'd be signing divorce papers before we reached the warehouse. Anyway, it's not being autistic that's a bad thing. It's just being hated by neurotypicals. It's what Frankie's dealing with at school, being unsupported, having expectations of us that can never be met, all of them wanting to train us like dogs, comply to their rigid standards, not give us enough time to process anything. God forbid we ask them to repeat themselves because we couldn't hear them over the noise of a fan. That's what's hard about being autistic. And that's what kids need to know. It's a brutal truth, but simply telling them they're autistic doesn't mean anything. It just puts pressure on them. Here, you have this condition that society thinks is wrong and a medical problem that they want to cure, but you're amazing. Here's your Superman cape because you have such an autism superpower. Good luck out there. No. The kindest thing you can do to an autistic child to prepare them for the reality of our society and find them their own people because we need each other so desperately. I mean, I said I found Morby for Frankie, but honestly, I need him too. I need to be able to read the words of an autistic person who understands what it's like. So I don't feel so alone. Now I know I'm not the only person who wants to make the world a better place for us, for autistics. There's someone else who feels joy and relief in being autistic and wants everyone else to feel that as well. I listen to his audiobook version of what I want to talk about and feel like I'm talking to a friend on the phone, which is the mark of a great writer. I hope my books are next to his on the shelf someday. But I got to finish writing them first. Anyone got the time? Yeah, me neither. Hey, stay dry out there, folks. I'm smiling. You just can't see it.